Welcome to On The Verge. This podcast will highlight interviews from entrepreneurs, musicians, and professional golfers. It will center around what tools they have used to help them reach their dreams, how they use golf to further their career, whether it be for escape from the rigors of their profession or to build more business, and how the communitas of wine, music, and golf enrich their lives. This is all about the enjoyment of life, rising above the struggles, and stretching past the best to be better every day. On The Verge. With Nashville, Tennessee being one of the hottest real estate markets anywhere in the world, wouldn't it make sense that you'd be looking for a smarter real estate experience? Compass pairs the industry's top real estate agents with innovative technology to deliver a seamless experience for every client, from first-time buyers to seasoned sellers. I personally chose Lisa Gaston and the Gaston Collective to represent me when I sold my house recently here in Nashville. It was in the back end of the boom where the prices got to a point where everything was starting to retract, but she held firm and she delivered a great sale for me, and I'm unbelievably grateful for all the work that she put in, especially through trying and difficult times. Some of that was out of her control. With her deep local knowledge and her commitment to exceptional client service, she's helping clients all across Nashville find their place, including me. If you're interested in finding your greatest experience in the real estate journey in Nashville, contact Lisa Gaston today and visiting Compass. The Gaston Collective is a team of real estate licensees affiliated with Compass RE, a licensed real estate broker, and abides by the equal housing opportunity laws. I can't tell how often I have conversations with clients about the difficulty in hiring talented business professionals. I tell them all the same thing. It's no different than working on your golf game. Trust your local pro. If you're in Nashville, Tennessee, there's no better resource than SHR Talent. They partner with top organizations in Music City to attract, successfully close, and onboard candidates across their core competencies of accounting and finance, tech, HR, and marketing. Contact SHR Talent today. SHRTalent.com. That's SHRTalent.com. Remember, the future depends on your talent. On the Verge is also brought to you by Green Scene. Green Scene is a family-owned company recognized as the Sizzle Award winner for outdoor living in Williamson County. We design and construct areas to blend with the natural landscape of your yard. That can include outdoor spaces, gazebos, fire pits, outdoor kitchens, and yes, putting greens. We understand the importance of your home. That's why we never settle for anything but the best. Green Scene also provides multiple teams with professional landscape maintenance, irrigation, and outdoor lighting. Welcome to On the Verge. Today's special guest is making his record fourth appearance <laughs> on The Verge, but only because I believe that his messages are maybe the most underheard and underserved uh, on the planet. He's one of the greatest people that I know. I've literally watched him change people's lives in front of my face. And he's one of the—he's the, certainly one of the very best in the business of what he does. But he's also a great friend of mine. Joining us for the fourth time, Steve Rame. Steve, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Does the uh, does the fourth time come with a T-shirt, or do I get uh, special accolades for this? Jelly of the month club. <laughs> Jelly of the month club. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's great. Well, as a master hypnotherapist, uh, you. You have made your mark early in your career with helping people quit smoking uh, and handle yeah. and handle addictions, and then you've you've moved around a little bit between helping others become hypnotherapists mm-hmm. to conversational hypnosis. Yep. Uh, but at the end of the day, more times than not, people are reaching out to you because they're struggling. And, yeah, with, and, with various problems. Yeah, yeah, with various issues. Yeah, and. 
the reason why I, I just feel like it's so important to have you on is because we have it's all within our mind. Of Almost, yeah, and you have a way of delivering people to their mind. You and it's really one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> but I want to start with the fact that we want, we were going to talk about you know we're coming off of a pandemic that was that is getting more exposed every day mm-hmm. for whoa, and it doesn't look good from and what I saw three years ago. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we and we talked about it, yep. but. It's gonna. It's getting. It's coming out slowly but surely, and it's mm-hmm. awful in a hundred different ways. Yep. So we're dealing with all kinds of trauma. But I think that I wanted to start with. You also have had your own personal trauma, and yep. I think that it's it's great for context for people to understand that you have experienced the loss of your dad mm-hmm. recently. Just recently, yeah. And I obviously I'm. I might be staring at my own here pretty soon, which is not easy to, to think about. But at the end of the day, what were you able to use that you used to help others to help yourself during the very difficult time where your dad was struggling all the way till the end of it? Well, um, I want to kind of change that context a little bit because I wouldn't consider that a trauma. Um, it was something that I certainly went through and some things that I got to experience and there's, there's still grieving going on. I mean, we're, we're less than, I don't even know what, less than 90 days out of it, you know, that, that mm-hmm. since he's passed. Um, but I, I've still used the same tools with that, that I've helped that I've used in the past to get over certain traumas. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most of the trauma, like, like well, if we're talking about traumas, most of the people that I work with, we're talking about, uh, well, just shitty relationships. I assume I can use that word on here. Yeah. Uh, it's a little late now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you ever become a client of mine, hi, I'm Steve. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but no, people who have been in very abusive relationships, people who have been through uh, car accidents and collisions. Uh, try, and, and I'm not going to say that what I went through wasn't traumatic overall because it, it really, I mean, it changed my life completely, still mm. is on a yeah. daily basis. Uh, but most of the traumas I deal with are much more uh, emotionally impactful that changes somebody's behaviors. But, but moving through the grief... Uh, over the past few months has really just been um, something that I would recommend anybody do. And if you have, if yours is, is pending, is sitting with it and, and, and not trying to push it down and squash it and hide from it and pretend like it's not happening and pretend like you're not sad and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm stronger than this feeling. No, be with it. Uh, that has been it, meditation, self hypnosis have been my my go to for the past three months. Huh. You know, when something comes up for my, with my dad, which happens you know, almost on a daily basis, sure. Uh, you know, I just I just sit with it and just. Well, I I think that I've gotten to the point where I actually enjoy the grief huh. because I get to have the grief. Yeah, it's interesting because the, there's there's something there to grieve mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, there there was a relationship that that isn't there anymore, and I'm I'm miss I'm missing that in my life, and it's a beautiful thing to be missing that mm-hmm. because I've had some relationships in my life that I don't miss at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear, I hear that. I hear that. How did it How did it change you forever? What is it that 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 gave you that? Um, okay, it's, it's talking about the passing of my father specifically. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it's certainly given me some new perspective on mortality. Yeah. Uh, my 53rd birthday is coming up in just a few weeks, and uh, my dad was only 74 when he passed. You know, and if I'm looking at the future here, and I hope I'm not going to pass at 74, but nobody, you know, nobody really wants yeah. to pass then. But, uh, but if I'm looking at that, I've got 20 years, 20 years of health left in my life. Uh-huh. So it's really given me uh, the attention and, and the specific attention to focus on my health, to take care of myself, and to really enjoy. The experience that I've got, sure, you know, that I get to enjoy, and and of course, it's brought me much closer to my family, mm-hmm. uh, much closer to my mom. We talk every day now, uh, which is not something we've done in the past. Uh, we talk fairly regularly, but I mean, we talk every day now, uh, and it's given me some new perspective on my dad too, and yeah. who he was as as a man out in the world, you know, uh, because in 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 the family we typically see the microcosm. You know, this is the experience we have with this person. Mm-hmm. But who are they when they're out here? You know, my dad was a volunteer fireman for 34 years. Uh, I mean, he saved thousands of lives. Wow. You know, and uh, it, it's it's interesting to kind of look at, at what he's done and what I do and the way we both serve the world in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I, I think to... like. I know how hard you've worked in your profession to get to where you are. And I think that when we're probably 35 to 50, we're trying to build the business to a point Mm -hmm. that we can then sustain it until we decide we're done. Yeah, right. Right? And oftentimes, especially, I I don't think anybody's exempt, but I think men are more in this mode than, than women are is we just get locked in to our business Mm -hmm. and our way of making a living. And almost always I hear a loss kind of snaps you out of like not enjoying each day for what it is Mm -hmm. and not taking, not, I mean, we often hear like the, the Navy seals, like Goggins, like don't stop to smell the roses. (laughs) <laughs> you know, keep you know keep grinding, but at the end of the day, there has to be a balance. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to slow down to some point. Yeah, uh, you know, well, I was actually kind of talking to somebody. Some, it's interesting you say stop and smell the roses. I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were actually talking about trauma, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I, I said, you know, it's it's kind of like most people go through life, and they're walking through this amazing flower garden. They're surrounded by beauty everywhere they look. And they step in a pile of shit one day. And all they can do is focus on that shit they stepped in. Oh, did you see that pile of shit back there? Oh, this, I can still smell it. And they walk around with it and they carry it with them and they carry it with them and they carry it with them, forgetting to notice they're in the middle of this amazing beauty. Mm-hmm. And it's, life isn't much different than that. That's so true. Because people hold on to, oh, God. I stepped in that bag. I just got them back there. God, it's still with me. It's still, that stuff. Did you I tell you about that stuff back there? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like they just drag it and drag it and drag it along. You know, find a good stick and scrape it off your shoe. And <laughs> yeah. And, and would you say that the human brain is kind of predisposed and wired to hold on to the negative much more so than? I think we've been conditioned for that. Yes. Mm, conditioner is a big word. Yeah. I, I think that. Uh, well, I mean, if we want to talk about hypnosis overall, it's happening to us all the time. Yeah. 
you know, most people have bad ideas and bad definitions of what hypnosis is. But we are constantly being hypnotized to focus on all the things that are bad in the world and all the negatives and and then, you know, all the boogeymen out there and everybody's out to get you and, if you know, they're out to get you, so we're with you. And, you know, it's just there's so much going on in, in people's minds that everything happens between our ears. Yeah. Everything. And so how would you say that when you're, which right now, because you're... <laughs> You're you're in the midst of trauma central, so to speak. You got people coming to you mostly. Oh, I see in, a lot of it. Yeah, in, in, tra- <laughs> in traumatic ways. Yeah. What are you What are you seeing in how the brain is handling it? Because each person handles an event differently. Some people it really wrecks permanently, and some sure. people that it's mysterious how each person handles really challenging things in a different way. What are some of the things that you're seeing a lot of right now? In the, in the way people are coping with what's going on around them uh, in the traumatic world? Um, most people aren't coping with it very well. <laughs> no kidding. Um, which is good for my business, but <laughs> not good for them. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we all come to, we all go through life as, as we, you know, gather our tools as we go, and some people can handle things better than others. Uh, you know, some people, traumatic experiences, all right, well, that happened. You know, some people, you know, you get slapped across the face and it's something that, that all of a sudden you're, you're traumatized for the rest of your life. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of that in, uh, well, some people who just can't handle being slapped anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not the generation we grew up in. That's right. Oh, <clears throat> uh, you know, we used to duke it out and now they cry uh, and go to their corners. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think it really depends on where people come from, what they deal with, and, and through life, and how they how they experience those moments when they approach it. Uh, but yeah, most people don't handle the trauma as well. Mm-hmm. They they push them down, they squash them, they they end up becoming some kind of uh, behavioral or uh, or physical issues, even many times. Hmm. Uh, you know, because people will squash their problems. And if you don't deal with them in some way, they're gonna they're gonna manifest. Yeah, they, they're just getting bigger and stronger. Yeah, and, and they can come out of behavioral issues that you're not even aware of. Interesting, you know, because the thing is, we're most of our behaviors are are, are come from the unconscious beliefs about ourselves. Huh. Okay, so somebody who believes something about themselves, they're going to manifest that truth. Huh. Yeah. You know, people who I, I can't, I can't lose weight. Well, keep keep that thought in your mind, and I guarantee it's true. Yeah, you're going to prove it to yourself every day. You know, I can't get over this thought. Well, keep that thought in mind, and keep 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 rolling with that thought because it's going to keep coming up. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, our, our beliefs about ourselves control everything that we do, and the way we behave in our world, the way we show up in our world, the way we show up with people. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the time, we don't even know that we're, we're doing the things that we do because they're so automatic. Yeah. We've talked about it in multiple, uh, on all, probably all three of our podcasts. But I think that it's important. Four now. Yeah, this is four. I think. <laughs> With it, my T-shirt. <laughs> the thing that I, I, I think that it's important to constantly remind people of is that your business is it's, it's one of the top five misunderstood <laughs> uh, businesses that I can think of. I, it's it's pretty close to the top, yeah. It's Explain to people what it is that 
you are helping them with and how hypnosis helps the mind repair or overcome or balance itself into being able to go through life in a better way. Okay. Um, Well, first off, hypnosis isn't what most people think it is. I'm not taking control of somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think the fact it's quite the opposite of that is I'm trying to help people regain control of their mind because they've lost it in some way. And, and, And finding the resources that you already have within yourself and accessing those resources again to to overcome to find new perspective, to find wisdom and knowledge from those experiences, and to release the emotion from them. You know, that, that's largely what I'm doing, especially when we're dealing with, with trauma, is giving some perspective. Uh, because people get caught up in the cycle and the belief that this is my experience. Well, no, that was your experience. And, oh, my God, believe it or not, you survived it. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting here worried about that pile of crap that you stepped in back there in that flower garden. Yeah. Right? But with what I'm doing, it's it's really helping people connect with those resources and the internal processes that they have to give them new perspective find new meaning from those things, release the attachment that those things have to them so they can grow from them mm-hmm. instead of carrying them around for the rest of their lives. But, uh, but hypnosis is, uh, you know, people think that I'm taking control of somebody's mind and it really, even during, I mean, you've been through it with me many, several times. Yes, many and, times. And, it, and it isn't about me taking control of it. It's really, uh, and depending on how we approach it, because it, it may be something that's guided, where you know, I believe that that's going to be the best approach to help you, re, you know, gather those tools that you need, or it may be something we have completely conversationally yeah. that you don't even know we're working, and then all of a sudden the problem doesn't exist the way it did anymore. That's right. And uh, but yeah, ultimately it's it's not me doing anything except except helping you access what you already have. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that when I've sent my golfers to you and you've done amazing work with some of the very best players that I have and I said when you go to see Steve the first thing I'm going to ask you to do before you go is to know exactly what you want to occur Mm -hmm. what do you want this outcome to be Yeah. so that he can guide you through it and to it Mm -hmm. because He's not there to control you. He's there to guide you. Yep. And literally, people are like, what, what do you mean by that? I'm like, he's basically, he wants to hear what you want, and he wants to proverbially grab your hand and walk through this difficult moment to the other side mm-hmm. and then pat you on the shoulder and say, I told you you could do it. Pretty much, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a good way of saying it, really. <clears throat> Um, and I think it's important what you said right there for them to understand what they want because I cannot choose your outcome for you. Mm-hmm. I can throw some ideas of what I think a perfect life might be like for you, but that perfect life is only coming from my perspective. Yeah. It has zero to do with you. You know, uh, I had, had probably a 30 minute conversation with a guy yesterday uh, called me about smoking, and I kept asking him, so what do you want? He's like, well, I don't want this, and I don't want that, and I don't want these things, and I don't want to feel like that. And I, I, it's like, look, man, I get what you don't want. 
What do you want? Well, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like, what do you really want? Not what you know. People and, and it's I I I say this in jest, but I do get kind of frustrated with people mm-hmm. because people get so caught up in understanding everything that they don't want, they're constantly focused on that pile of crap they stepped in. Yep. And forget to notice that what, you know, if you, if you move your attention, because our attention is very limited, if you move your attention to the things that make you feel good and you put your attention more and more and more on those things, that's, that's where your attention is going to end up staying anyway. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, to because that's easy for me to talk about mine, right? So we've had, ours has kind of been a pretty unique journey because I first met you. Because I read the book called Think Like Tiger, which is Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. And Tiger was hypnotized thousands of times by the military's top guy, Dr. Jay Brunza. Mm -hmm. And there's a story that right before he won the U.S. Open in 2000, which is more than likely the greatest victory in any sport ever by the the best players in the world, all gathering together, whether it be a Super Bowl, an NBA championship, or whatever – total domination but on wednesday about four o'clock in the afternoon he was literally a hot mess Mm. and the guy who was writing the book was standing on the putting green when dr jay brunza walked up and tiger literally didn't even look at him his voice Mm -hmm. from behind knocked knocked out the guy who was struggling and was you know, nervous, anxious because it's a yep. big event. And I was so, f- I'm like, whatever that is, I'm in search of it. It literally took four years yeah. to find you. That's all because I was working with one of your, one I, of your students. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, this is insane. So the first thing we did was my golf. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. But I had bigger, bigger issues that I was dealing with. And I was, I, I remember asking you like, Hey man, I got, I got some really, really heavy, bad stuff and it's really affecting me on a day to day basis. And, and you're like, well, I, I can, I can help you misremember what it is that you're experiencing to help you navigate it through a different lens. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. I cannot wait. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this. And and so you're like, well, I mean, I trusted you. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe that that was. I think I brought one of those anti-gravity chairs yes, to your, you did. Uh, your shop. <laughs> That's right. And so that was probably the most impactful 30 minutes that I can think of in my life. Because you didn't do anything to me. You just showed me something that I could do mm. from a perspective that I was not aware of at the time. Yeah. So although I thought, and I've watched you help others in that particular way, help people misremember their pain, mm-hmm. the next part is, even though it's, to me, less spectacular than that, it's then after all of the, the trauma that is not allowing you to stay focused on what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Now that that's gone, what do you want, Virgil? And that right there took me a while because I it had been so long since I could focus on anything other than staying safe. Right. 
that I couldn't really understand because I felt like myself had been taken away. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I was trying to do is survive, right? not live. And it took me some time. You, I remember multiple times we go out. Because about once every about once every couple months, Steve and I drain the ocean. Uh, we we eat, we eat our share and somebody else's share it, and somebody else's share of, of sushi. <laughs> and you, you kept asking me, "What well, do you? What is it that you actually want?" And then one day, it just came to me. I just it took me some time to wade through mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and as soon as I told you what it is that I wanted, we worked on it probably another 45-minute session, and bang. That was less spectacular to me, but it was more impactful. Well, and that's, that's what I was saying a while ago because our behaviors are controlled by those unconscious beliefs that we have about ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, if we can change those unconscious beliefs and change those behaviors so that you just do these things automatically, you know, that, that's where life gets real fun. 100 percent yeah because now not only am i am i equipped to chase what i want but i can i'm also equipped to handle like we can kind of see things coming like oh this is not going to be good yeah and but when you have the toolkit Mm -hmm. that's to to be prepared yeah for life's onslaught so to speak Man, it doesn't. It, I mean, it could be traumatic, but it'll be way less traumatic yep. because the toolkit's there. Because you know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like to me, like I, I'm, in a, and I'm in a pretty unique scenario right now for myself, but I am way less affected right. on a personal level with it because of all the things that you showed me how to how to deal with it. Right, and I'm thinking to myself, these are the things that literally there isn't anybody out there that's not struggling. Oh, no, everybody's struggling with something. Everybody's struggling with something. <clears throat> loss of a job, loss of a relationship, changing relationship, kids moving out, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, uh, death, grief. I mean, there's, there's, everybody's struggling with something. Yeah. Most people look like everything's fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like... Put that mask on. <laughs> how much... Uh, how healthy do you feel like it is, or not healthy, between always being open and vulnerable about your life pain struggle versus putting on a, the face of I'm going to get through it and making it and making it look like everything's okay. Um, I think there should be a balance in that mm-hmm. because I mean, certainly you don't want to be too vulnerable. And if you're in some, in certain social situations, yeah, uh, for sure. there's no point in breaking down and crying in the middle of dinner with, you know, your friends and, you know, unless it's that type of friendship that you have. Uh, but no, I think there's, I don't think you should bury anything. Uh-huh. I think sidelining it. Okay. For a few minutes is okay. Well, that's a good word. <laughs> as long as you don't push it away and you can still come back to it and still sit with it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, going through the past three months or so has been really interesting for me because grief has, uh, well, to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't dealt with real grief since I was about 14 years old when my grandmother passed. Mm-hmm. So this has been a, a new, new visitation for me coming back to this. 
and uh, being able to sit with it and having the tools that I have, you know, uh, being able to recognize what it is in that that's beautiful rather than just sitting and crying and mourning and, you know, and I, don't get me wrong, I did that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Man, I was I was cussing and punching pillows and you know just letting it out everywhere yeah. I could. I you know obviously, but I wasn't doing it in certain social situations. Sure. Um, and I, I think there there should be a little bit of a balance in there because we still have to control ourselves yeah. too. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think that being vulnerable in the right situations is probably one of the most uh, courageous <laughs> things you can do. Yeah. For sure, and most people don't ever step into their vulnerability. They hide mm-hmm. and, th- and pretend like everything is okay when, when really they're just screwed up messes inside. Yeah, and men more more likely than women on the um, on the holding it. Yeah, I'd say that's true. More more likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are certain things in in certain women that will keep them from you know expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time, that's fear of uh, you know rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, men in, in certain situations like that too, but uh, but yeah, men have. Uh, I mean, it's what we've been taught to do. Yeah. Uh, except this new generation, they're more than happy to wear their hearts in the sleeves. But I kind of <laughs> want to punch them in the heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's different out there today. You know uh, the, the message on my shirt here. You know, lions, not sheep. Yeah. Uh, we need more lions in the world. We need people who are going to stand up and roar and yeah. and and uh, you know stop uh, stop bending over and, and pretending like everything is okay. Yeah, man. Which man, it's such a uh, it's such a strange time in our life. You're not kidding. Strange time in the world. Uh, yeah, and. I think that what's winning right now is that they, they, we'll call them they, have disabled truth mm-hmm. so that the lay person can't tell what's right from wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And there's less and less people every day willing to research for the truth. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what's a lie and what's the truth. Talk about some hypnosis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just, why did you know that that's exactly where I was going? It's almost as if there is some vehicle, we'll call it a vehicle, that's out there manipulating the minds of the many to take control while they don't even realize it's happening. Hmm. Would you say that that we are currently experiencing that at a high level right oh, now? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about what hypnosis is. Yeah. And I know you've not discussed this in the past, but uh, hypnosis isn't what most people think it is. The way I think about hypnosis, it's it's when your unconscious or your subconscious or your other than conscious mind, whatever you want to call it, when that part of you takes an idea and it accepts that idea as a new truth. Then it creates new beliefs, new behaviors, and new perspectives in the world. So if you think about it in that context, go back and uh, we'll think about when, uh, when the boys were young, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you guys played Santa Claus, right? You, you convinced your kids there's some fat guy that travels around the world in a sleigh tra- behind some reindeer, and he's flying. One of them glows, and he's going to land on your roof in the middle of the night. He's not going to wake you up. 
And he's going to come down a chimney that's four inches in diameter, and he's going to leave you toys if you're good, so you better be. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay. And they accept it as a truth. I did. I'm I'm 53 years old. I still want there to be Santa Claus. But uh, but it's, it's, it's a form of hypnosis. Because they accept it as a truth that it changes their beliefs, their behaviors, and their perspectives in the world. Until little Jimmy comes along in third grade and knocks that out of the water, and then they never trust you again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but but let me think about how many things in your life have you accepted as a truth just because it was given to you? How many things do we accept as truth now just because they're handed to us? Just because you see it on television, just because every television station says the same thing doesn't mean it's true. In fact, you can look at Operation Mockingbird and, and find out more about that. You can YouTube that. Yeah, um, That's a whole different conversation we can sit here and have, but <laughs> <laughs> talk about some hypnosis, man. Uh, but yeah, people are just being so manipulated right now and have no idea that it's even happening because they, they're not thinking for themselves. Yeah. They're not stepping back to to really look at truth and what truth is. They're just accepting whatever they're being given, what they're being spoon-fed as truth. Yeah. And what's interesting... And then Santa Claus is real. What what made it so (laughs) fascinating through the pandemic... uh, and Santa Claus. Evil Santa Claus. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's, it's fascinating because within the pandemic, there was also January 6th and all of the things that went into the election (laughs) on top of all of that, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here to dis, to to point any like if what, who was right and who was wrong and what what really happened, what didn't happen. All that I'm telling you is out there, listeners, is that we were fed information, and the people who decided to think for themselves became tin foil hat conspiracy theorists. They got absolutely lambasted. We had really, I can think of off the top of my head, two of the most reputable doctors completely banned from all social media platforms, Mm -hmm. including the guy himself who invented the (laughs) MRNA vaccine. (laughs) He invented it and they banished him. Canceled. Canceled. We don't like the way you think. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, that was, wait a second. So that makes no sense. So then that was one of the, I mean, I was already kind of skeptical. But when Joe Rogan did the the podcast with Dr. Malone, yep. I was like, wait a second. You invented this and you're not allowed to talk? And then Rogan just gave him the platform and he wrecked it. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, Peter McCullough came on. And Peter yep. McCullough is the most cited and documented doctor ever. And he's banned. Well, and they were banned for a long time. Now, Elon Musk buys Twitter, and next thing you know, things begin to shift. And now they have a voice mm. on top of people dying for like what seems to be pretty bizarre reasons. And Some I'm thinking to myself, stuff happening. yeah, and you're just like, wait a second. So all of these people, and let's say it's maybe 3%. 3% of the people were calling bullshit mm. from day one. Yep. And then there was, I'm going to say, 35% weren't willing to do any research 
to validate the 3%, mm-hmm. but they definitely didn't believe the other 60% either. <laughs> right. Like, so they were kind of stuck in what I'd call information purgatory, mm-hmm. leaning towards, I don't think what I'm being told is the truth. And then there are 60%, uh, what, what we'd call the sheep, which is, uh, I don't know, let me rephrase that. What we would call not willing to question anything, trust yeah. anything that comes through as such. Mm-hmm. And will literally live it as if it is real. Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw it happen to several of my friends. Uh, in fact, I lost several friends uh, because of all of that. Because I, um, I have a healthy level of skepticism, so I don't jump into anything. And when I see something change dramatically, I'm wondering why. Mm-hmm. What's going on behind it? What's really happening here? And I'll admit, in the very, very beginning, I'm like, all right, okay, this may be a pandemic, maybe something really happening. But then I started kind of stepping back and said, okay, from from the perspective of what I know and what I do, what's happening here? Yeah, is this hypnosis? Is this is this thing that's happening right now? Is this the the big jolt? Because there's. Uh, in, in, in hypnosis, we have what we call a uh, critical factor bypass. And to do that, we need some kind of event that's going to shake somebody up. Okay, hmm. It could be, I could do a quick induction on you, and there's a way I can overload your mind, and then within the last second, boom, I've got you in, in a state of hypnosis. Okay, It can happen really, really quickly. But <clears throat> as, as I'm looking at all this, saying, okay, what's the buildup to this? And all of a sudden, now we have this critical factor bypass that, that's interrupting everything that's going on around people. So now it opens up their mind, and they're going, okay, what do I do now? So then they're being fed all this information. Here's what you have to do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. And we get hammered with fear and fear and fear and fear and fear. And you have to do this. You have to do this. More fear, more fear. If you don't do this, you're going to die. And I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. And then all of a sudden, we get this thing that's dumped on us that had really no research behind it whatsoever. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, all right, now this, there's something that is not right. Uh, I never went down the road, so I, yeah. you know, we're on this side of it. I, I, didn't, I didn't do the needle. Uh-huh. Uh, not going to do the needle. Not interested in it. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I did was because I travel internationally to teach right, golf. Right. And that's the only choice I had in, in, from November to February. Mm-hmm. Anytime I get a chance to go to a warm climate to make money, I can't not. Yeah. Right? So it was like, oh, man. So I reluctantly right. took the minimum yeah. just so that I could travel. Right? But, I mean, at the end of the day, what I'm also interested in, because I, I believe that the pendulum has the potential to swing the other direction. And with a platform that has been all unbelievably, thankfully, changed right. in a dramatic way now um like there's gonna be an inundation i sense of conspiracy theorist thought mm-hmm. about what we're seeing around us on the exact opposite side of the spectrum and I, i'm 100 percent convinced that that's going to be the case but all my point is is that we have to start taking responsibility for ourselves mm-hmm. and not Rely on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. <laughs> Even well, your daily news. With the uh, with the introduction of AI, man, it's hard to tell what's real anyway. <sighs> Boy, we're had that's an interesting conversation too. Uh, oh yeah, we can sit here and talk about that for quite a while as well. But um, 
but yeah, people, I mean, it's hard to tell what truth is anymore. And, and like to me, where, like, where are we going to go and how are we going to discern truth when we don't even know where to begin the research mm-hmm. for truth? Right. And it's a, wow, we were just, we look eerily similar to Rome. And there seems to be maybe more than one with quotation marks, proverbially Hitlers out there who have Mm -hmm. controlled the narrative at a level that is dangerous. Oh, no doubt. And And, we don't, we don't know, maybe not, we don't know who it is. And we gave him free reign. Yeah. Little little Hitler. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a, uh, it's very strange out little, there right now. Fauci, and I, I just feel like, I just feel like it's important for whatever side that you're on. I'm not, I'm not really here to take a side. I want, I'm really here is to get people to think for themselves. Well, I think that's, um, yeah, that's definitely important. But you got to think about where's the information coming from. What, what do those entities? How do they benefit from that information? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if uh, you know, if you're looking at the pharmaceutical industry, how are they benefiting from these things? You know, uh, of course, they you know billions and billions and billions of dollars yeah. being pumped back into them. So obviously, you know, their message has got to be strong because they want to keep their billions coming in. So where's the information coming from? Who's benefiting from it? Follow the dollar. Follow the power too. It's not just the dollar. Yeah, because the dollar in the past has created power of the now. Mm-hmm. And now they're almost intertwined. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Yeah, and that's the that's the most important thing that I, I guess that's even the probably the even deeper answer, which is we have to become a little bit more aware of behind the curtain, mm-hmm. follow the money and follow the power because it's it just is screaming across the world foul play, mm-hmm. and like and it's it, it's weird. I just this time uh, is. <laughs> I was just I saw Elon Musk said something on Twitter the other day that's so true. He says the thing that's so fascinating is that they always say history repeats itself and we should be studying history, but no matter how much history is out there, we will never study it because it is we are just going we're just destined to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so frustrating. Yeah, well, only if you were going to re- going to research it anyway. Yeah. So we just got to hope that good prevails over evil. And it generally has our, in our lifetime. Well, well not I, in our I, lifetime, in the history of... I, in history. Yeah, yeah history. I, I believe that's true overall. Uh, you know, even in the midst of all this, I've still held hope for humanity. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're still going to overcome all this stuff. Well, I mean, day to day, you walk around the neighborhood and you're surrounded by... Great normal people, they're willing to so say, stop, <laughs> stop watching the news, right? And and go live your life and be a good citizen. Yeah. But man, it's a uh, it is a fascinating, fascinating world out there. Well, uh, people have to learn to start taking care of themselves first. Yeah, and uh, you know, it all everything starts inside. Mm-hmm. You know, everything starts in our mind. The mm-hmm. way we perceive our world, the way we experience our world, it's, it's either through the filters that we have or, or through the beliefs that we have that drive the behaviors that we have that, uh, that create the life that we experience. Yeah. A very good uh, 
very good friend of mine really turned me on to something. How long ago is this? Maybe 2012. His name is Scott Real. He's a tremendous physical trainer. And I was I was coming off of my sessions with you, and I wanted to begin to take care of myself. And one of the things that we talked about, because he's, he's a personal trainer to a lot of NBA players and NFL players, and he says, you know, I was talking about mental toughness. And he says, well, when I worked for Nick Saban, we talked about mental toughness starts in the gym. And it's the ability to navigate the physical training is what builds the mental stamina to be able to be mentally tough in the day-to-day grind. Now, we were talking sports then, but it pertains to life because mm-hmm. sport is just a microcosm of it. And, I, and looking at you and how your body has transformed itself in the last three years, talk to us about how the physical training of then working out and taxing your body is, the, is an antidote for mental toughness. An antidote? Uh, I don't know that it's so much an antidote. I think the mental toughness is necessary to get there. Because uh, honestly, the days when I don't want to go to the gym is the days when I have to. Yeah, you know. So I think that mental toughness starts when I'm sitting in my in in, in you know in my kitchen going, I don't know if I want to go to the gym tonight or not. And it's like, no, Steve, screw it. Get your ass over to the gym. You have to go because you don't want to go. Because when I want to go, it's easy. Yeah, you know, it's those days, and I'm like, yeah, I could drag it right now. I know if I'd go over there, I'm just going to get in a half a workout. Uh, that's never true when I show up though. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I go in to do light workouts now, they're not light workouts anymore. Uh, but no, I, I think that, uh, I think they go hand in hand. I think that in the gym, we're pushing ourselves through pain. Uh, you know, it, it, depending on what you're doing, you know, my, my goal is hyper, hyper, hypertrophy. So I'm building muscle and getting bigger right now. Cause you know, like I said, I'm 53. I just want to see what I can do honestly at this yeah. point. Uh, so, but, but to do that, I know it's going to hurt. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to stress the muscles. I'm going to have to deal with the lactic acid and the pain that gets in there and the burn and just, uh, just excruciating sometimes. Yeah. So I, I think that they do go hand in hand. I know that I'm willing to push myself through that, but I think that as I push myself through that, that my limits get pushed a little further too. So I, I, I think they're really both, they're both there together. Hmm. Interesting. I can't tell how often I have conversations with clients about the difficulty in hiring talented business professionals. I tell them all the same thing. It's no different than working on your golf game. Trust your local pro. If you're in Nashville, Tennessee, there's no better resource than SHR Talent. They partner with top organizations in Music City to attract, successfully close, and onboard candidates across their core competencies of accounting and finance, tech, HR, and marketing. Contact SHR Talent today shrtalent.com. That's shrtalent.com. Remember, the future depends on your talent. Because I, I, you know, tell me, the person who's becoming somewhat of a philosopher, and if you'd said that we'd be asking for Mike Tyson to give us advice in 1988, <laughs> like, like he's giving us now, it's pretty fascinating to watch that guy's yeah. evolution. Oh yeah. But his uh, one of his statements is, is that if you know greatness is doing something that you do not want to do and do it as you love it. Mm. Yeah. And just listening to him tell the story about all of the things that he did to become a, 
Well, you could argue in his prime, nobody's ever been one of the best fighters of all ever. time. Yeah. God. And to hear him speak to it is pretty fascinating. And then he took that same kind of mentality when he was in prison, which is really fascinating. He talks about prison being the greatest time in his life because it was the only time that nobody was trying to take something from him. Mm. And in those times, he immersed himself in books and he became a devout uh, Muslim, and you know he found his his version of spirituality, which is great. But like I literally listened to that guy, and he has seen the bottom, mm. and he has also seen the top. Yeah, and there's hardly anybody then that could speak more to what it took to get to the top of the mountain, and how radically fast you can fall to the bottom <laughs> and the rise back. Yeah, and it is just so compelling. Because all that really shows us is the the lot of the limits that we have, we put on ourselves. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No and doubt. why does it have to take rock bottom to change that? But rock bottom is what it. Where does. else are you gonna go? Where I else mean? you gonna go? That's exactly <laughs> right. And what is, is that? Some of the things that you're seeing uh, in your practices now is like people have hit that proverbial rock bottom. And they're looking for your help, or it's not necessarily rock bottom. They find you. Um, I, I think most of my clients find me before they hit rock bottom. Hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. I've had some folks who have been been in some really bad situations over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have been suicidal. Uh, you know, and and you know they're they're carrying that full bag of crap with them. It's not just what they stepped in. You yeah. know, they decided to collect it and carry take it with them. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I've dealt with people from all, all different levels of, of needing help. Uh, but for the most part, my folks are fairly, fairly normal people. Yeah. They've just hit a point in their life where they're like, okay, I can't do this on my own. I know I can't do it on my own. So I want to seek, seek out somebody else. So they go looking for some crazy long-haired hypnotist. Uh, <laughs> and they find me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, most of my folks are they're really normal folks. They just know they need some help in some way. And many of them have reached the end of the rope because they don't know what else to do. Because most people, well, especially like with, with trauma, most people go to see a therapist and then they sit and they talk about their problems and they talk about their problems and they talk about their problems and they keep talking about their problems for the next five freaking years. And, you know, that's great for the therapist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but are they really resolving any issues? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and they come see me and we spend an hour and a half together and their problem doesn't exist anymore. And then, you know, then they realize they should have called me a long time ago and, should have just given me all that money. Uh. <laughs> I, think, I think what's fascinating is I think that you also have a potential to, because it, the first time is usually so unbelievable, that it, it's too good to be true. Yeah. That, that, can't, that can't be just it. Yeah, right. And I know that it crossed my mind. And I would tell you that if I hadn't done so much research, I probably could have easily fallen into that. That was just a Jedi mind trick. That was not... Uh, <clears throat> well, and that may be true for some folks out there, because there's, there's some uh, some hypnotist out there who really... Well, and I, I'm, I'm going to use finger quotes now. Yeah. Hypnotist out there. Yeah. Uh, who really, you know, they, they kind of know what they're doing, but they really don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It'd be like me teaching golf, you know? I know how to swing a club. Mm-hmm. I, do, I know how to swing it. Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I can teach you how to swing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but oh, but no, there's certainly different levels of, of you know professionals out there because For there's sure. no regulation in this either. Yeah. You know. Uh, but uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Now, where do you where do you see what you're wanting to do in your profession? in the next five years where, because it's, it's obviously you're at, it's kind of at the mercy of where your clientele wants you to go. Uh, and at the somewhat. exact same, and at the exact same time, you're also in control of what it is that you could see where you can make the biggest amount of help. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I see me, uh, well, one thing I've been really wanting to do just because of my own personal, personal health journey over the past few years. Uh, you mentioned that a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. uh, is, is help, people get their health mindset and and get their get their crap together because mm-hmm. uh, it's not hard to do yeah. people just don't do it you know it's easier to sit in front of the tv at night than it is to go to the gym well i get that mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it yeah. <clears throat> but what's the end result and and if i can help more people start to recognize that they have the potential uh to do the work and just actually show up that Man, it changes everything, too. Uh, just the way you think about yourself. Going back to that mental toughness, what can you push through? What yeah. can you handle now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also, and helping more people with these traumas. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, because for the most part in, in my profession, you know, I really wanted freedom. I got that seven years ago. I haven't had an office in seven years now. Can you believe that? Seven yeah. years since I had an office. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, being remote, I could see everybody on Zoom and work wherever I want to, which was a huge blessing when my dad was sick, too. Yeah, sure. You know, being able to spend time in Kentucky with them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I just, I just want to help more people. And, but, and teach more people how to do what I do. Yeah. Because I really want more good practitioners out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been seeing a lot of uh, things on things that you could be doing uh, as, an, as a hypnotherapist to like come up with like 60 minute like i don't want to call split almost like therapy sessions where people can put their headphones on Mm. and you could put the good things in their in their earbuds so to speak of what they want what do you what do you think the validity of a message of like if i told you i want all the things that i want to put into my life Mm -hmm. and and i asked you to put it in a 60 minute meditation that I listen to every night. What do you think the pros and or cons are of that? Um, well, let's start with the pros. Uh, I think that it could be hugely beneficial if you have the belief system that backs it up. Mm, okay. Okay. Because me just sitting here going, you're getting rich, you're getting rich, you're getting rich is a bunch of bullshit. If you don't believe that you can achieve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like me saying, you know, you feel good. You feel good. You feel good. No, I feel like crap. Don't tell me I feel good. It doesn't matter. There's no truth behind that. So I think that as long as you have the belief system that supports some of those things that yes, that can be great. Uh, without that belief system, you really need somebody to be there to facilitate the process one-on-one. Got it. Uh, because just listening to something repetitively is not going to change who you are. 
the cons behind that, I believe that people, well, people get conned into believing that that's true, that they're going to get rich by listening to some audio or they're going to heal themselves because they listen to some audio that says, you're getting healthy, you're getting healthy, you're getting healthy. Uh, it doesn't mean it's true. Uh, there has to be something more behind that. Also, uh, with especially with an audio or doing any kind of hypnosis, we we take in information in different ways, uh-huh. and, and without understanding the way you take in information and applying that to my processes of delivering that information to you, then you're less likely to accept it as a truth too. Interesting. So you know you may be a visual learner, but I may be a kinesthetic teacher. Yeah. So if I'm talking about feelings all the time, and you just can't see where the hell I'm coming from. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Because the language itself is separates the experience that you're having of what I want you to experience out of that. So that's a big part of what I do. That's why, you know, when you, you've seen me do some of this stuff that I do, I'm being very specific about the language that I use because it has nothing to do with me in the way I think the experience should happen. It has entirely to do with my client. Got it. So there's a lot of little subtleties. I mean, just like swinging a club, yeah. right? You know, the angle of your club face, the way you're standing, the, the, the follow-through, everything. I, I, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into the minutia of what yeah. you teach. But it, it's that little stuff that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Because they were saying, and then one of the studies that I was looking at today, one of the things I was going to talk to you about, yeah. is the neuroscience shows that when you fall asleep, your conscious mind is off. For the most part. But the black box in the subconscious is constantly hearing the message that you want. And it. Hearing it or accepting it, though. But I guess that's that's what I'm I'm interested in. Is they're saying that in the subconscious, that is where it can be reprogrammed. And I was. Certainly can. and, And that's why I was like, I was intrigued by asking you that question because I just feel like there's a little bit of gold in that. But I, I, I'm not here to, I'm certainly not have any clue of what I'm actually talking about because I'm not a hypnotherapist. But I was like, man, that sounds fascinating. Well, now, you're, you're certainly correct in that there is gold in that. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I have friends who are making six figures a year selling recordings. Mm-hmm. Now, the benefit that those people are getting from those things can be tied to the belief that they have that they're going to achieve something from them. Uh, yeah, there was some research done several years ago uh, on placebo effect on, on these kinds of audios, and, and specifically with subliminals, because with subliminal messages, those messages are being delivered below the threshold of awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you just barely, you don't even know, you can't hear the suggestion in the background, but it's there, okay, mm-hmm. there. So what they did was in this research, they had one audio that was specifically programmed to this one idea. The other audio was exactly the same audio without any information being delivered in it. So it was like rain sounds or babbling brook or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Sure. That they, you know, the, the white noise kind of stuff mm-hmm. or pink noise or brown noise or whatever they have. But the thing is they got exactly the same outcomes with those people. Wow. Because they believed... Like, here's your audio to help you do this. Here's your audio to help you do this. One of them actually has has the suggestions. One doesn't. They don't know which it is. You know, it's, it's blind trial. But the people who didn't have any suggestions still got the same results as the one who got the suggestions. Because they were told, this is what's on there, and this is what it's going to do for you. Hmm. So that simple belief of that can program in. 
you know, doctors affect us all the time in the way we believe things, mm -hmm. just by telling us this is truth. Yeah. You put a white lab coat on somebody, and all of a sudden they have more validity and more credibility than somebody who doesn't have one on. Yeah. Uh, I had a client several years ago. He came in to see me, and uh, this is actually about the time we met, I think. This has been several years. This guy, um, he was having some chest problems, some chest pains. And what to see is his GPs. This guy's like, well, I think you need to go see this cardiologist. So he goes see the cardiologist. They have some conversations. The guy says, well, I think this might be your problem, but let's run some tests on it and find out. Well, the guy took that as truth. This is my problem. So they went and ran the test, but in the interim, while they're waiting for the results from the test, this guy goes home and gets on WebMD and, you know, just all over the place. Yeah. All this research. Well, I have this problem, this problem, this problem. And the, the problem was that his symptoms kept elevating. They kept increasing over the next week. And when he went back in to see the doctor, the doctor said, well, I was mistaken. It wasn't that. The guy said, what do you mean it wasn't that? I have all of the symptoms now. <laughs> he said, yeah, but you don't have that. Wow. So that's why he came to see me was to get rid of the belief that the doctor, well, not that the doctor had planted, but that he had accepted as a truth. Yeah, it's interesting. Because I just, I just feel like um, anytime I hear stuff like that, it just sounds, it sounds exciting. It sounds fun. It sounds like an opportunity for somebody that's as awesome as you are at this to create uh, a business model yeah. off of basically what it sounds like. It sounds like I would like to do X. I want to put more of this in my life. Yeah. And then Steve gets on his his uh, recorder and mm -hmm. puts together a, a sixty minute. Uh, Actually, they don't even or, have to be that long. Yeah, they wouldn't. But just just for the sake of the, because that's what it was. I was just reading it. And then you're you're set. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's no way it's that easy. But with the, the, the neuroscience information behind it, and of course, I don't have anything to refute it. I was like, well, great. What a great day to have Steve come in for a podcast. Yeah. Well, I think as long as there is a conversation prior to the recording, yeah. and it's made specifically for that individual based on the way they take in information and based specifically on the language they use for their outcomes, mm -hmm. then you've got something that's gold. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got some aluminum. You know, it's still metal. <laughs> it's just not worth as much as it could be. Yeah. So true. So true. Because I, I just think that we've probably learned more about the mind in the last 15 years than we do in the previous 1,000. Oh, in the past five more since, you know, yeah. the past 15. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, as we, as we continue to increase our knowledge, and especially with the introduction of AI now, uh, you know, the knowledge that we have is doubling in volume yeah. on a much more rapid rate right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's incredible, the knowledge that we have. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, well, there's so much out there we can't possibly even keep up with it. Yeah. How do you, uh, that's an interesting topic, and I haven't had a chance to really speak with anybody more than maybe just a glancing conversation about AI. Mm -hmm. What's your, uh, where do you see AI, one, if in your profession and or how you deal with your profession, that's uh, what we'll start there. What do you feel? How do you feel AI is going to affect humans on a psychological level uh, moving forward? Oh, man, that's a big topic. Um, I think it really depends on how much it starts thinking for itself and correcting itself. Uh, because the, the logic, 
uh, again, I'm going to use finger quotes, the logic that uh-huh. most people live by is not logical. And, and as computers start to recognize that, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen down the road, especially with robotics and AI coming together. Yeah. Uh, because we don't seem like the logical, you know, logical future for this planet. That's right. Uh, yeah, because we do a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, you know, I really don't know. Uh, I, I think that, you know, with, with something that powerful, it can go all kinds of different directions. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and the positive spin, because I mean, obviously, I don't want to go down any rabbit holes of negativity. I mean, on the positive spin, what are the positives of it? Uh, well, again, I think it's helping us increase our knowledge level because it's bringing together knowledge from, from different places that we wouldn't have necessarily connected before uh-huh. uh, because it's scanning and finding information and putting it together in ways that we haven't. Uh, I think it's going to help give us some new perspectives that we don't have. Uh, and, and ultimately, it could make life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, you know, to automate the world for us, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's great for especially all these lazy people who are coming up behind us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Need, that way they don't have to do anything. <laughs> because one of the things that Elon Musk says, I, I don't refer to him as like somebody that's better than anybody else, but the dude's got a different level of. He's got a different perspective on it. He on does, the world. and and he's just like, and this is kind of scary. It's like. The thing he's most concerned about is that there are going to be professions that are literally wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like truck drivers. Yeah. Delivery delivery people. Yep. If you're a truck driver right now, you got eight years to figure out your next job. Yeah. Because you won't be needed. That's probably true, yeah. At all. And I'm like, wow. I mean, farmers. What? And like all of these things that human error tackle and destroy, once they have it figured out and get the, all the iterations right so that it can think for itself, mm-hmm. whew, man, like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, is there going to be a machine that can literally sit here and look at my machine and teach people the golf swing better than I can do it myself. Eventually, yeah. That is absolutely well, it's, it's compiling the best of the best information and finding the, the, the most efficient way to approach the problem. It's just amazing. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. A lot of the stuff that we do doesn't make any sense. The, 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 we, most people don't really live by logic. Yeah. Like that to me is like, that's, that's where the future, the future has never been like more amazing and murky <laughs> simultaneously. And it's changed in the past year, yeah. with the, especially with this AI stuff coming out the way it has the chat G- GPT. Yeah. I've been playing or playing around with that. It's really interesting. I, I rewrote my entire website with chat GPT. Oh uh, yeah. I just, I just said, revise this with search engine optimization. <laughs> rewrote the whole page for me in like three seconds. Copy paste new 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 web page, ding, <laughs> and, and that's like that's what I was told to do for my next book. Yeah, is give it topics. Yeah, and I'm like, well, and he goes, Vir- Virgil, just do this. Say, my name is Virgil Herring. I've written three books. 
elevated, excavated in the Golf Journal. With that knowledge, could you write me a story about blah? Yeah. And I would like it to be 10,000 words. And in four seconds, it'll be there. Yeah. I'm like, you're joking, right? No, it's coming. No, Virgil, it's, it's there. Because it'll take your books, see how you write, mm-hmm. and then you give it a new topic, and it will use the way you have communicated put in all of your premium and, and put it together in yeah. literally four seconds. I'm like, that is <clears throat> unbelievable. Oh, you, you can use it to design the book cover, and, and I mean, it's everything now. <laughs> yes, it's it's it. crazy. And again, you know, the, the, at the rate, the rate at which our knowledge is increasing, the exponential rate that it's increasing. Imagine what this is going to do a year from now, two years from now. Yeah. It's just going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be incredible. And you're right. It, there's, this is, it could be a really amazing future or, or we may not exist in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, think about it. The iPhone literally changed the world. Oh yeah. So that's 2008. So this is 23, 15 years. 2008. That's crazy how far these things have come along. 15 years. <clears throat> we went from it being a phone to it being more powerful than the original Hewlett Packard. Oh, easily, yeah. I'm like, whoa, really? And they're like, now AI is going to change that at a thousand fold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, now that is yeah. a exciting, terrifying realization. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, when that's the case, that's what I was thinking. <clears throat> at some point, there has to be something that a machine can't do. And I'm you can't like, love, yeah, but with the, you can't, you know, for lack of a better term, you can't make money. There's no commerce in love, right? Unless that's the only thing there is, right? To give, then maybe I guess it becomes what you pay, what you pay for. <laughs> that's, I guess that, what we—that's that, what that's we a different conversation. That's what we. I guess what we. <laughs> no kidding. That's why I was trying to be very careful how I delivered that message because I was uh, there. There just isn't much. Yeah. Uh, because in uh, the other version that you were speaking of, that's already being done, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, that's yeah, a, that's you a know, strange. We, world. we could sit here and talk about. Uh, I, I don't even want to call it conspiracy theories. I think it's just conspiracy observations. Yeah, uh, conspiracy awareness now. Um, but yeah, we could sit here and talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours easily. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, there's. I've always kind of been on the fringe anyway, so mm-hmm. I've always been looking at things that are outside the the norm that most people don't pay attention to, and it's uh, there's 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 a potential interesting future ahead of us. Yeah. I think as long as we uh, we take care of ourselves and the ones that we love, and uh, then we're going to be okay. I think at the end of the day, it has the potential to shift us away from materialism. And, yeah. sh- and shift us toward back to the original fundamentals of what life is supposed to be. Well, it could. don't be wrong. I, I like my material things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Just, but I mean, there are, I mean, but there are, there's a healthy percentage of people that don't have balance on that. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, but that, that's it comes down to here and where they where they've come from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, those are the uh, those are the things that is. I'm fascinated by. Yeah. How can my listeners get in touch with you and get your help? Uh, bat signal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you can, uh, you can go to NashvilleHypnosis.com. 
Uh, I've also got uh, steverame.com. That is R-O-E-H-M. Uh, if in, uh, where else can you find me? I'm all over Facebook and Instagram. Just search Steve, R-O-E-H-M. Uh, it is pronounced Rame, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pronounced Room. I've, I've, been I've been incorrectly correcting people for the past 53 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just what you want to be called. It's what I want to be called. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, but yeah, no, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about this with anybody who wants to talk about it. Uh, if you have any questions about hypnosis, how I can help you, or, you know, you get some traumas or some bad behaviors you don't like, give me a shout. Yeah, I, I will tell you right here, folks, if you're, if there's a performance, obviously I've used Steve for golf. I've turned my clients over to Steve for golf, right. but I've also turned people over for business help. Yep. And I know that you've done all these other things. You've helped soldiers with with PTSD, PTSD first responders, first responders. Yeah, I mean, you've, yeah. if you're out there and you're struggling to either a perform at your job or something that matters to you, or you're struggling with something that even allows you to function on a day to day basis, I'm encouraging you to reach out to Steve because literally, I have watched him perform the most incredible things on people to help them get to the other side. Steve, I can't thank you enough for coming on my show for the fourth time. Here's your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Thanks, brother. Have a great day. Are you looking for a smarter real estate experience? Compass pairs the industry's top real estate agents with innovative technology to deliver a seamless experience for every client, from first-time buyers to seasoned sellers. Lisa Gaston has been a Nashville resident for many years. With her deep local knowledge and her commitment to exceptional client services, she's helping clients all across Nashville find their place. To learn more about Lisa, follow her on Instagram at Lisa Gaston Homes. The Gaston Collective is a team of real estate licensees affiliated with Compass RE, a licensed real estate broker, and abides by the equal housing opportunity laws. On the Verge is produced by Chase Akers. If you've enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating and write a review. Click subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode.